Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a joint practice Thursday here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, uh, with matching black shirts today. I, uh, I grab a shirt every day, and I make sure that it's clean. That's the most important thing. But every once in a while, I forget that we're going to be doing this streaming thing, and I come on with two brighter shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Jody, you're you're just blowing up. All right, fine. I got to run back up. I said I'm not even going to take a chance. Give me my first black T-shirt. I can yeah, that's it. what I always go dark. I don't even mess with uh, anything else at this point. Uh, I tried white. You know, I I tried a white shirt because uh, Jacob Media sent me the white polo shirt, so I put that on. Oh, one that's day. nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, I never got that. Well, you gotta you gotta you gotta lobby for that, Jody. You should have that. But I, you know, I, I'm I'm like I didn't lobby, I didn't even yeah. know it existed. Um so well, you know, I show up at training camp with uh Jacob Media gear. Nice. Um but uh it it showed up. I think Tone and I did a football twenty four seven. I think it showed up okay, but then there are other days it doesn't show up, so I can't figure it out. So I don't yeah. mess with it. So now, now I'm winded because I had to run up two flights of stairs to get myself a black T-shirt to be able to do Birds 365 today. All right, Johnny Mac, we got plenty to do over the next two hours, including two good guests, two very good Eagle Beat guys, uh, Jeff Mosher and uh, Bob Groats are both going to jump aboard with us today. But I want to start in a different vein, something that we don't usually do here on Birds 365 because I'm um, prepping for the show. I'm writing down some notes, stuff I want to talk about. And I had already written one thing down, and then I read a uh, fun column from our buddy uh, Seamus Clancy from over at uh, Philly Voice. 
And he touched on something that I realized, I don't know that we've ever touched on in a year and change here on Birds 365. He was doing a general recap of covering the entire Eagles training camp and the things you do and the way you go about it and the stuff that you see and the stuff you have to report on. And he said, and this is a very likable Philadelphia Eagles team. And I had not even gone down that mental road to give my evaluation of whether this is a likable team or not. And don't kid yourself, it changes over the course of a given season. Uh, I would suggest that in 2017, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, when they were coming out of training camp, I don't know if you would have called them a likable team. Let's start there. You were here, you were covering that team. Uh, Carson Wentz's second season, Doug Peterson's second season, um, had an okay at best first year with both of those guys in key positions. All the guys who were here, some veterans who are still here, key contributors to this team. Do you think, if you can remember, do you think that Eagles eventual Super Bowl championship team was considered a likable team before that year's uh, season started? I think, uh, I think Doug was considered likable. Um, Doug's a good guy, uh, but I don't. I think the quarterback was always a little bit of loop. See, I think likable is about you know very few people. Like Brandon Graham is tremendously likable. He was tremendously likable then. He's tremendously likable now. He'll be tremendously likable when he retires. He's just a people person, right? So. Um, you know, the head coach is is uh, very likable. The defensive coordinator, you know, he's an old school, gruff guy, Jim Schwartz. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, very nice man, but not very outgoing. Um, yeah, did people even know who Frank Reich was in Philadelphia before they won the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, they knew because he almost got fired, Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, yeah, but, but people uh, didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, they should that, that kind of came out <laughs> after the fact. Uh, it came out, I think, during the season. But uh, it, 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 you know, I, I think you, you look at the headliners. And so, you know, one of the things, you know, I like Doug a lot. I'm upfront about that. I think he's a good coach. He won a Super Bowl. He deserved uh, an opportunity to stay. Um and so I disagreed with the the firing at the time, um, and and you know Nick Sirianni comes on board. Nobody knew anything about Nick Sirianni. I didn't know anything. And nobody. Knew. I don't think Mrs. Sirianni knew that all all that much about Nick Sirianni. Um, was off the radar, uh, out of left field. Um, but he's tremendously likable. I mean, he goes out of his way. He's closer to Brandon Graham than the average likable person. Um, you know, he's going around the media tent, giving fist bumps to every reporter there, even people he doesn't know. Um, Jonathan Gannon, tremendously likable person. Shane, Does Light- he come Shane- off like that though? Uh, maybe you, you not. You get to of- know him a little bit with the cameras off. I'm talking about. Eagle yeah, maybe not in front of the camera. Oh, likeability, oh. not John McMullen's level likability. I'm asking you to put your own personal feelings aside and judge the way that this team is judged by the Eagle fan base. Oh, the fan base, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't come across as likable 
on cameras off. Same thing with Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen's the nicest guy in the world off camera. Uh, on camera, he's very guarded and, and very a uh, little bit better this year because he's the play caller. So he feels he has a little bit more autonomy uh, to speak about things. But off camera, he's just the nicest guy in the world. On camera, he's very guarded. So, yeah, from the fans' perspective, they, they certainly get it from Sirianni. They certainly get it from Graham. Uh, Graham. They certainly get it from the quarterback. The quarterback's very likable, uh, even though he's guarded in front of the microphone, but everybody tells him. So it's kind of, you know, I don't know. They probably don't get to see it, but I think they would say Jalen Hurts is more likable than Carson Wentz, but that might be because of the timing, because on camera, he doesn't come across more likable. He probably comes across, in fact, you you can tell me better, Jody. I would say he comes across more, even more guarded than Carson Wentz came across. I mean, Jalen doesn't say anything. I mean, Jalen is a flat line, uh, just steady as steady as she goes. So I guess that's kind of a difficult question for me to answer. From my perspective, it's a very likable group. Uh, and there's always, you know, Derek Barnett's not likable. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like talking to us. So when you get 90 people together, not everybody's going to be a bullion Brandon Graham. Right. Um, you're going to have your, your, but the main parts of it, they're all tremendously likable people. But I don't know if that comes across on camera. I know it comes across with Nick Sirianni. Right. Uh, the the main guys, the needle movers, are always going to be the head coach and the quarterback. And then you proceed down the line, your star players, your coordinators, uh, they're, they're not going to move the needle as much as the head coach and the quarterback are. Uh, again, I'm not an Eagles re- reporter like you are. You're there every day. You get a chance to see these guys, sometimes camera off, sometimes camera on, mic in front of their face, mic off uh, the, the front of their face. I give Jalen a little bit more in the uh, personality uh, column, I guess, than you would. Carson Wentz, from day one to me, was always boring. Now, there's a difference, slight difference, but a little difference between um, buttoned up and boring. I think that Jalen Hurts is buttoned up. I thought Carson Wentz was buttoned up and boring. I don't think Jalen is as boring as Carson Wentz. He's not going to wow you with his personality in front of the camera. It hasn't been a year and change. Don't know if that will ever change, but uh, I'll, I'll give him more in the personality column than I work Carson Wentz. And then you get everybody else and all the other personalities. And you're right. Brandon Graham is kind of the leader of the clubhouse has been shoot. You go back to that Super Bowl team and say he was that then. And he's certainly that now this year with his, Come back and I should throw middle. Jason Kelsey in there as well. Different way than Brandon, but very uh, obviously right. very hey, very. Likeable. Do you think Kelsey? Uh, do you think Jason Kelsey has changed since the Super Bowl winning team? No, no. Same Nor guy. do I. So if Jason Kelsey is one of the best personalities we've had in Philadelphia sports in five years, ten ten years, his years. So you go back fifteen years, twenty years, twenty five years. I'll put him with anybody else, any other sport. Forget about the Eagles. Any other individual personality in Philadelphia in sports. I'll put Jason Kelsey up against any of them. 
but I would say Jason Kelsey's Jason Kelsey. He was what he was the day he showed up, and he's still the same thing today, only he's got a Super Bowl ring and a picture and a mummer's outfit that no one will ever forget uh, thereafter. Uh, so let's dig a little bit deeper to the A.J. Browns, to the – well, see, here's a guy. And, and I had the chance to actually interact with these guys uh, up close and personal for 10, 15 minutes. Uh, Jordan Davis – Came into our tent, uh, our uh, RV, where we did the show for WIP, me and Joe DeCamera the other day. And we got a chance to talk to him for two, three minutes, four minutes before the interview started. And then after the interview was over and done with, chock full of personality. Landon Dickerson came in before Jordan did and couldn't be a nicer guy himself. And he was a pretty good interview as well. So now that surprises me. That surprises me. Jordan Davis, yeah. I agree. Landon is very uh, Alabama trained. I like to call it when it comes you, to the you're going to blame statement for this. Huh? The yeah, reason that I am. Uh, yeah. I mean, he gives landing. Up. It's an Alabama thing. huh? Landon gives us nothing, nothing. He's so good if, with you us. Got, if you got stuff out of Landon, yeah. Godspeed, you guys are doing a good job. Now it's different when you're in a one-on-one or in that case, uh, you know, three man environment versus 80 microphones stuck in true. the face. That's so, true too. Um, when he gets on the podium, yeah, he's, he's, he's Alabama trained as okay. I like to call it. And that's I, not a bad thing, by the way, that's a good thing. It keeps you from getting in trouble. That's for yeah. damn sure. Uh, all right. So the bottom line is John McMullen, Eagle beat reporter, good at being able to divert the, the diverse, his own personal feelings, uh, with that of uh, the entire I know what Bob Groats, Bob Groats is going to say when he oh, jumps. Groats, on. Groats is Mister Optimism, yeah, happy and peppy and bursting with love. <laughs> of course, Groats is going to say they're a likable no. team. But I need you first. Groats is next. John McMullen before this season starts. Is this Eagles team a likable team? I'm going to say. Well, number one, I'm going to say, who cares if they're likable? Number two, sometimes. You need some edge to be a really great team. Sometimes you need some of those nasty guys to be a really great team. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Are they likable? To me, Nick Sirianni is extremely likable. Everybody knows I like Jonathan Gannon, even though he shut me down when you were there, Jody. Um, I like Shane Steichen probably more than both of them, which people don't uh, probably don't know. So to me, they're very likable, but it doesn't matter. I, you know, if give me a unlikable, and I don't know because I didn't cover him, but, you know, if you have somebody like Ray Lewis who's gnarly, give me that guy. I don't care if they're likable. But, you know, yeah, the major guys, they're all, they're generally all nice people. I I understand and I agree with your sentiment about you got to mix in some nasty guys. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're too likable a team, chances are you're not going to be a good enough team. And don't kid yourself, the entire likability will change of this team yeah, yeah. with the wins and the losses. If they're 12 and 5, they're going to be really likable. If they're 5 and 12, doesn't matter how nice they are, people are going to hate them and they're going to say they're not likable at all. Why? Because they lose on Sundays. So I readily admit this is all decided by the wins and the losses at the end of the year. But you should be able to get a clean slate when you start a new season. And I would say this is a likable Eagles team. 
Now we'll see what they do on Sundays uh, for the upcoming year. All right, up next is one of the most likable guys on the planet. It's not even close. He is at the top of the list of everybody's likability roster. That would be Bob Groats, Delaware Zone, next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365, and we are joined by this happy gentleman next. Um, don't know if he's in the car heading to Berea, Ohio, but we'll find out where he is going yeah. and his uh, eagle insights for us. Always good when we get on from the Delco Times, Bob Groats. Where are you off to, Mr. Groats? I'm I'm trying to elude the, the police right now. So <laughs> maybe, maybe we can get right into this. That's yeah. why that the hammer, Bob Gross. Yeah. Look at that yeah. nickname there. There's only what, two what, or three cars right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are we getting breakfast or are we out to Berea? 
Oh, hi. Now, I just got myself a cup of coffee. I had something to do from seven to eight, believe it or not. And, um, wow. I- I'm just feeling old. Feeling real join, join, old. Join the guys. club, big man. I don't know how yeah. you guys do it, man. 5.30 yeah, man. every morning. Whoa. It's tough. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. It's a grind, Bob. But, you know, you're the hammer. You know. Yeah. Delaware's own. Delaware County's own. I am the hammer. I am yes. the hammer. You <laughs> All right, who are you bringing that. the hammer down on today? Nick Sirianni's out on Boreo, Ohio with his 85 mates to do a joint practice with the Browns. Will the Eagles bring the hammer today against the Browns because they haven't had a chance to really hit anybody? Oh, they hit the Jets a little bit. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a fight or two, Jody. I really – I think there'll be a fight or two. Yeah. I think they'll be aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be Andre Dillard. Is it going to be the uh, from the Fighting City of Philadelphia? I, six I foot six, three hundred twenty pound Andre Dillard. Yeah, I hope it's not Dillard. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's not him because then you're talking uh, an L right there. So um, you mean Jordan Davis? Uh, yeah, Jordan. Well, Jordan Mylotta, Jordan Davis. Those, yeah. those are well, the first guys off the bus in Berea. Yeah, Nick there's going to be some tussles. There'll, there'll be some tussles. And I heard you guys asking each other if this is a likable team. This is a lovable team. Ooh. How, how could you not love this team? Yeah. I'm surprised. I thought you go, you, you're, you're, I mean, look you at subscribe. how positive. You subscribe to the nasty theory. You need some nasty oh, yeah, players yeah, to win yeah. in this league. Oh, yeah. Nasty yeah. players. Nasty. Look, at the, look at the Saints. That, that team had no business winning the Super Bowl. But look what they had to do to get there. Bounty gate and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I Trying mean, to take really out Brett Favre. How old was Brett Favre? By the way, that's one of the underreported stories. Yeah. They, they got history. down and dirty. Oh, my. They they just, they attacked. They should have been arrested for what they did to Brett Favre in that game. What was yeah. it? And, and shame on me. I forget the defensive coordinator's name. It was the. Oh, Greg, uh, Greg, Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Is he yeah. in the NFL this year? I don't, I don't believe so. He could be a either. consultant. He could be a consultant somewhere. Yeah, but okay. uh, yeah, but uh, hey, Greg, Greg took a big hit for that, but he was back. He was back in the league, and he was. And but I think he's boy. out this year. Yeah, I think uh, you know, but Greg's—I don't know, 65, 60, You know, I think part of it is age. Uh, yeah, he's out of the league though. Just looking it up. You um, can't have choir boys, Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, you can't have choir boys, especially playing defense. So Absolutely. I don't know if likable, lovable, as Bob Groats would say, the lovable Bob Groats. I don't know if that's a good thing. Oh, it's a, a well. How, how could you not love this team, though? I mean, uh, you got the quarterback up there that um, you know he's he, he he takes responsibility for everything. He doesn't say a whole lot, but um, he no. takes responsibility for everything. He's built these bonds with uh, already with AJ Brown. You know, everybody did. The offensive lineman, you saw Jordan Mulata run over there. Uh, yeah. First guy over there. I mean, he, he this team wants to win for him. So uh, you can't understate that. But, um, you know, well, there's, they got some holes. But um, I think they're, I think they'll be able to throw the ball this year, which is going to be, you know, a two-dimensional team is always more difficult to, to beat than a team that just runs the ball. All right. Uh, putting likability aside. How do you like what you've seen with Jalen Hurts with the football in his hands? Practice. We know how well he did the one series against the Jets. Uh, on the football side of it, the more important side of it, uh, where do you think this quarterback is at right now? 
I, I think if he realizes that all he has to do is get the ball in the hands of those playmakers, he'll be fine. And some days he does that, and other days he doesn't. It, it was kind of funny because the second – I don't know if it was you, John, who I was standing next to. The second I said uh, there's no denying that uh, Jalen Hurts has had a great camp, he, he threw the worst pass I've ever seen. You know, it's like – maybe it was Martin Frank, yeah. But, I, I mean, that that's what you get. I mean, that's who he is. Yeah, He's just got to get bit, the ball. Still a little bit too inconsistent. Yeah, you know, I'm interested. In you say – you say he's had a good camp. Now, Jimmy Kemsky uh, put out today on Twitter, our buddy. Uh, so there's 13 days uh, counting the preseason games. So 12 practices, uh, one preseason game, which obviously Jalen was very good in the preseason game. Um, he had him up seven times, sort of nondescript three times, and down three times. Whoa, sorry about that, guys. Uh, we, yeah. we we're getting Bob back and down three times. Yeah, yeah I'm 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 know. a I'm a topper greater than that, man. I I, I had I was trying to go through my notes before the show. Now I don't think I agree with the three bad practices, but to me the good ones are more nondescript ones. So I think there there's there were probably three three and then seven nondescript ones. Um, I'm, I mean, he had about three good practices, three bad ones, and then everything else was kind of in between. Am I he, too he's, tough? He's done more good than he's done uh, All right. wrong. See, I'm bad. too tough. Yeah. I'm he, too tough, Jerry. He has. And, and, you know, and training camp, too. I mean, let's be honest about these practices. They do try stuff that you, you don't well, I mean, yeah. take chances That's that you don't take context. in the regular season. Right, exactly. But. So I'm not sure that that is part of the context for for some of these graders, you know, especially when they go counting the completions and and uh, the interceptions. Well, there are two ways to take that, Bob. Like practice one was all red zone, so they had a bunch of touchdowns, and everybody was like, "What a great practice!" And then practice twelve, they did a lot of red zone, and they had a lot of touchdowns, and everybody was like. What a great practice. But that's where the context helps you because you're always in the red zone, so you're going to have more touchdowns. And it correlates in people's mind to, oh, it's all a bunch of touchdowns. So I think it works kind of both ways. I just kind of look at the way, uh, you know, what what's his responsibility out there? And um, he's got to try some things. He's also got to get that ball to to his receivers and – and if he does those, uh, if he does those two things, he's had a good camp, and I think he has. I, you know, I, I can't. Um, Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm less optimistic than Bob Groats. How about yeah, that? that? That's I, a bad sign. John, you better look in the mirror, big yeah, guy. That, yeah, that's, that's a, a bad case. You gotta that's check a bad yourself, sign, buddy. Yeah. Look, yeah. look at the look at the playmakers too. I, oh, the playmakers are great. Playmakers yeah, I mean, are... even even Zach Pascal, who's going to be covering him? Yeah, he's been in he's the NFC been really games. good. You put a bad quarterback back. on him, and he's going to light him up. I mean, I just wrote and, about and the guy him gets, on Jacob Sports. He's been really, really good, legitimately gets, good. He does. He, the guy gets so open. I mean, maybe it's the maybe it's the cornerbacks. Yeah, but that's I think that's going to happen during the year. There's going to be guys that. Well, he's never going to see a double team ever, ever. So yeah, that helps. That him. could be, yeah, yeah. I, I so that that's reason to be optimistic, and and they still haven't really even gotten into the 
the running back thing in the games, like um, a guy like Gainwell or, or Miles Sanders, you, you're going to see that too. I mean, run it till they stop it. You remember that, Jody? <laughs> that old I, thing in the NFL. I do, but that's just not going to be the case this year with the Eagles. Mac and uh, I have gone back and forth on this a couple of times. When I did the show with the camera the other day, he said, they should just pick up where they left off. They should run the football. That's the no, 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 no. My strength is running no. the football. Not happening. And no, it was I, I meant that by the first preseason game, they ran the ball exactly zero times yeah. in that 80 yard touchdown drive. They're going to throw the football here, big guy. When I say run it till they stop it, I mean throw the ball to the backs. <laughs> throw the ball to the backs. The, the Andy Reid run. The old Andy Reid line. Yeah, if yeah. Throw it to the back, it's considered a running play, yeah. huh? Dink, dink and dunk and open it up. Yeah. yeah. I, that's going to happen. And I, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, and, and the defense. In these joint practices, that'll be the thing to take a look at because, uh, unfortunately, well, I, I guess fortunately, Deshaun Watson is going to be able to practice. Oh yeah, so He'll be on the yeah. I don't know how Kevin Stefanski handles that though because he's, he's, he's doing the second Kobe team Brissett. Yeah, he's got to get Kobe Brissett healthy, uh, ready, right? ready to yeah. play. But yeah. let me, uh, Bob, let me ask you this, because uh, John said this yesterday, day before, he's been saying it for a week or so now, and I unfortunately have to agree with him. Kenny Gainwell's not opened anybody's eyes in this camp, this preseason, didn't play in the preseason game. The keep it underneath to open up the deep stuff later on is a good philosophy, but somebody's got to be able to come through with that. If Kenny, Kenny Gainwell isn't what everybody thought he could be, Mr. Dangerous out of the backfield catching the ball, is Miles going to be able to pick all that up? Is this just a couple days and we're worrying about nothing with Kenny Gainwell? Would you agree that he hasn't wowed anybody so far this preseason? Ooh, Kenny Gainwell? I think he has, Jody. Mm, he's really? Caught the ball. He's caught the ball the best of all the mm. backs. Yeah. Well, and he Miles should, Sanders, but he hasn't. He's had yeah, two Miles drops. Miles Sanders looked good in that last game, too. Yeah, Miles I, mean, I never – I don't know what happened there. I was like – I had to look at the number to make sure it was Miles because uh, one of the passes wasn't even that good, but uh, he turned it into something. So, yeah, I and, and, and I guess that's Jalen, too. That has to be some of Jalen. But, yeah, I, I think Gainwell – Hammer good. and I are butting heads today. We got yeah. – we got uh, – Miles Sanders has been so much Scott better than Kenny Gainwell. Too. Boston yeah. Scott, they, they got – I mean, really, he's a good receiver. This is going to be really interesting What the, how, how teams defend them. It's going to be very interesting. Well, I have no issues with Boston Scott, but he's, you know, he's he's been out with a concussion. But he's going to be fine. He's a good backup running back. But, you know, their plan is to use Kenny in hurry-up situations, third-down situations, which makes sense to me. He's a good natural receiver, but he hasn't had a good camp, Bob. He's Oh, I think he's he taking, yeah, catching the ball. Miles yeah. Sanders has been so much better than, than Kenny Gainwell. I, I think people are just – they've gone so – they've swung so – they were so outrageous with the predictions for him after his rookie season – and now they dismiss him like he's this terrible player Who, because he Miles? didn't live up to their expectations. Miles? Yeah. 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 Well, he hasn't lived up to expectations. Well, I mean, that, yeah, but what, the those quarterback expectations team, were out of whack. He didn't whack. even get a touchdown last year. I mean, what would you expect? <laughs> those expectations were out of whack. He didn't even get in the end zone. I mean, that's hard to do. All right. Let's uh, flip it over to the touches? defensive yeah. side of the ball. We talked plenty about the offense. 
another guy, and I'm completely cutting this guy slack, unlike Kenny Gainwell. I'm kind of more like John. He's been underwhelming as far as I'm concerned this preseason for whatever preseason's worth. I would say the same about Hassan Reddick, but that's just the nature of the beast in preseason. You can't yeah, you catch your own quarterback. We don't want him yeah, dismembering yeah. Jalen Hurts. So you can't show as much as what Jay, uh, Hassan Reddick was brought in here to do, which is get to the quarterback and get sacks. Have you been able to see enough, Justin? Uh, we uh, Unfortunately, I think it's overrated pressures and being there and maybe make the quarterback move off his spot and the like. Have you seen enough Bob Groats to say, yes, Hassan Reddick's going to do exactly what they brought him in for to do? Yeah, yeah. He's going to, and he will do that. He, if you look at his numbers, though, you look at Hassan Reddick's numbers, he wears down in the second half of seasons. Man. His sack total, it really drops off the, off the board around the ninth or tenth game. So he had one year where that, that big year with, uh, with Arizona, he sacked. Daniel Jones five times but the rest of that season he only had like maybe a half a sack and that was like when he when he sacked Jones that was like game nine or something like that so you're gonna have a little bit of that that Brandon Graham effect type of thing where you get you can expect a really good start so we'll, we'll see how Jonathan Gannon how he rotates these guys and he's got enough guys there that he can rotate and speaking of defensive ends Jody and and I've I've mentioned this to John Oh, Teron yeah. Jackson, Teron Jackson has had a great camp. I mean, he's, he he's a guy that, yeah, that no one, no one expects anything out of him, but he's, he's nasty. And, uh, and he, he is uh, football smart. So he's going to contribute. So I let me, be, let me ask I you this surprise if Barnett gets cut and they keep, you know, as the season goes on, Jody, I, don't, I wouldn't Jody's be surprised if they get rid of him. No, no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. But here's here's the question I do have about Teron Jackson, because uh, I agree with you that he's kind of opened some eyes. John and I have suggested when Hassan Reddick comes off the field, swapped out, downs off, whatever, um, that the Eagles will probably more change their defense than just plug someone in for Hassan Reddick. Because what he does in a way he does it a little bit different certainly yeah. than anybody did on the Eagles last year. But if Teron Jackson is playing the way you're saying on the plays that Reddick is out, does Teron Jackson just slide into his spot? I, I don't know. I think you'll probably see that some of the time. But uh, I, I agree with what you said before, that that uh, supposition there. But uh, he's a little bit heavier than Reddick. He's, uh, I think they're about the same height, right, John? Yeah, Jackson, uh, yeah, yeah. Jackson that was the issue a, with Teron coming out. He was really yeah. good pass rusher in college, but he was just short, so he yeah, didn't have. But the he, land. he's built. Yeah. He he's built. He's got uh, and Reddick is built too. But but uh, the base on uh, Teron Jackson, he he's done a lot of work. So uh, yeah, I, you could. I think you'll see a little bit of both. And uh, there's a lot of stuff for uh, that that uh, Jonathan Gannon has to wrap his arms around. Yeah. You know, all the, he, he's got a lot of, and he's got a lot of stuff he can do. And um, he's got, he's got players this year that you can do something with. Uh, I, he's, they still have to prove that they can stop a, a good offense. Um, I don't, and I don't think that's going to happen for what, when, when is that first test going to be like the second month of the season? Something you, you like could, that. You yeah. could argue Kirk Cousins and yeah, Justin we, Jefferson. We do Vikings uh, offense pretty good. Yeah. Dalvin. Cook. Yeah. Um, Ad, Adam Thielen's back healthy, so that should be a test week two. Rookie but head I don't, coach, yeah, 
rookie head coach. I think the Eagles should beat them, but it'll be a test from the defense's perspective because they can put up some points and yardage. Um, well, the Eagles should win the game. The other guy, the other second-year player who's also really stood out, Bob, Patrick Johnson. Now, he's the guy yeah. who would replace Hassan Reddick um, as sort of that Sam linebacker role. And I thought, you know, when camp started, I thought Kyron Johnson was going to win that job as the, the the new draft pick. But Patrick has been good. He's lapped Kyron Johnson. So you have Patrick yeah. Johnson and 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 Teron Jackson. Good, good. That draft is looking pretty good. Yeah, he, I haven't paid as much attention to to Johnson. I, I do know he got in the fight with Dillard. Yeah, um, and he beat him up. Yeah, that, that, beat him up. That's all I noticed of him at camp. <laughs> but I, I'll take he had your a good preseason game yeah. as well. Uh, again, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Who, who who knows what that means, but. Uh, he's made this football team. He's gone from the bubble to very safe on that 53. So if you're predicting, Bob, make that mental note. He's very, well, very the, safe. The guy, from, the guy from the Rams, who uh, the, the leading tackler, the linebacker, he's had a great camp. Who I can't even remember about? his name. I, I get these guys all mixed up. The you're guy talking, that about, they... talking about London Fletcher? No. <laughs> <laughs> The Chargers, I'm sorry. The Chargers. Kaiser White. Kaiser White. Yeah, Kaiser. Well, Kaiser's <laughs> Kaiser's a definitely never remember player. this guy's name. I yeah, will never Ky- remember. I, I mean Kaiser's a no doubt about it starting linebacker, but obviously you know, he's a splash player. He, he's their best linebacker. Let me ask you guys a linebacker question, because we know the starters um three into two for the linebacker position, not counting guys on the overlap, the the Hassan Reddicks of the world. We know that uh, certainly Edwards and White and uh, rookie standout uh, in the third round will be uh, Dean all mixed in for the linebackers. And then there's the reserves, which Don't also Davion. Yeah, Davion Taylor. Is Davion a lock to make the roster? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think he'll make it. Yeah. Is Sean Bradley a lock to make the yeah. roster? Yeah. He's a, he's They're going to have a tough time getting down to 53, time. Johnny Mac. They're keeping five linebackers. Uh, five ball ball linebackers, yeah. Plus, yeah, one one of the things that drives me insane, and this is the Eagles' fault, um, is they list Hassan Reddick and Patrick Johnson and Conrad Johnson as linebackers. So it looks like they're keeping seven linebackers, maybe eight, and you go, oh, you keep eight linebackers. Well, they don't play linebacker. They're edge rushers. So it drives me crazy they won't make that change. But this gets back to the point that Bob Groach just made. If they're keeping all those outside linebackers who are actually edge rushers, how's Derek Barnett going to make the team? Well, unfortunately, he is. I mean, yeah, well... I don't know how long you two guys are going to have a tough time getting down to 53. No, no, Good luck with that. Nick Sirianni's got his work cut out for him. What are they going to keep two safeties? If they're keeping all these linebackers and all these defensive edge guys, well, somebody's got to play the the numbers, the numbers flash. Cause if you keep it, they're going to keep four, maybe five defensive interior defensive linemen. So then you have room for five edge rushers. Maybe Kyron Johnson is the guy on the outside looking in. Now, he's a guy I thought would make the team. You can probably wave him, get him on the practice squad, that type of thing, because he's done nothing. Um, uh, So I think it goes more in that direction. 
But yeah, I mean, they have good linebackers for the first time in years. You're not going to cut them. Um, why cut them? Uh, are there are there two safeties that that you want to keep? Well, that that's the problem. I can think of one. So we'll go there, safety, because you know Marcus Epps was out on uh, what day are we? What was the last practice, Monday. Bob? I don't even know what day we are. Um, yeah, it was. Marcus well, Epps was out Tuesday. Yeah. So they didn't know what to do with that other safety spot. They they were looking at Josiah Scott. They were, they were looking at Reed Blankenship. They were looking at Kayvon Wallace. They went back to Kayvon for a little bit. Who they won't look at is Jaquaski Tart. Who is the who are the backup safeties? Who yeah. are they, who are they going with? Put the names in a hat. All of them except for Epps and just draw them out at this point you won't even give anthony harris well anthony's safe i don't know if you can trust him but yeah I, I he's a he's a lockdown starter i don't think he's a good starter but for this team he's a starter so all right let's assume anthony harris is what you think he is what the hammer thinks he is i thought that was the camera's nickname jody now Bob. no no that's kratz's nickname uh, yeah, well, that, Crap, oh, that's true too. I we forgot got, about we, that. We got too many yeah. hammers, is what yeah. we've got here. I forgot about the hammer picture. That's uh, <laughs> too many hammers. <laughs> um, but uh, so where was I on the safety? I got off my you were saying thing. you didn't think the Eagles were going to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, they're they're, they're, gonna, they're they're a playoff team, they're yeah, a they're, play, they're, they they should a be a playoff. They, it'll be very disappointing if they don't make the playoffs, but yeah. if they don't make the playoffs. You know, reason number one might be safety. It really might be. I mean, how do you how do you protect guys on the back end? How do you do it? Your pass rush. Well, you're gonna have to get home. You're they, gonna have to get do, home very consistently. Yeah, there's, no, there's no question. Yeah, but you know, and and, uh, and there's also all right, Jordan Davis. It's gonna take him a while to get this thing. And, uh, and I don't I'm, think from a run stopping, I'm not a fan of Fletcher I don't think Cox. it's any time. I, 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 yeah, I've had this argument with people. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Fletcher. I know. Cox. I think, you, I think you, his, I think his best days are done. So, well, I would agree not, with that. His I think he's overpaid. And, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, so I'm not a big there. And Javon, oh man, Hargrave. I don't know. He's in a contract year, so you're going to expect a lot out of him. He's a unicorn, Tracy Rocker said. He's a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, it might be. A he doesn't bit of either. An overstatement. All right, but let he me put both either. you guys on the spot here, because John and I do this every day. You think about it, write about it every single day. There, Hammer. Um, one guy whose name almost never comes up, and you have to tell me if this is a good thing or a bad thing. John, when was the last time we mentioned Josh Sweat? Uh, probably a while ago. Josh spoke on Tuesday, you know, and is when he does speak. Uh, a lot of giggles. Another likable guy, but uh, he's a good player. I mean, yeah, to me, it's a good thing. You know, he's there. Um, I don't know how much he can stand out, in, in, as you said, in practice where you can't yeah. officially sack the quarterback. I'm not, not worried setting. about Josh Sweat. I'm not, not, his, I'm not we, we never bring him up. We never talk about, well, and they got Josh Sack on the other side. It almost never happens, and I'm not sure if it's because he's a given and you like what you got, me, you know what he is, and he's good enough, or it's just 
Well, he's Josh Wett. He's not standing out, but he's not bad either. He's not making any mistakes. He's not jumping off sides like Derek Barnett. Um, so, yeah, where is Josh Wett at right now in your guys' evaluation? You, me, you'll figure, given. Let's hear Bob. Yeah, we'll, you'll, we'll, we'll figure it out once he and Reddick are on the field at the same time. I think those two, they're, they're, they're going to be dynamic. So uh, I, that's a lot of speed at the edges. And um, and if they get some push up the middle consistently, then you got a pass rush. So uh, I, I think um, Sweat's going to be – I still think he's their best defensive end, pure defense. Well, okay, Reddick is their best pass. Honestly, I still think Brandon Graham is their best. Uh, honestly. Um, yeah. Brandon, you know, he's 30. He's got a lot of tricks and everything. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. He's in I, great I just, shape. I hope he can stay healthy. Yeah. He, it, I, it, I did it, not it, even realize it until recently by what, three or four months. He's the oldest guy on the team. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's been he, around. He's the for senior a, statesman. Yeah. It's kind of amazing where his career started and where he is now. You don't see that happen very often. Yeah. Um, people were jumping off roofs saying, we could have had Earl Thomas. We could have had JPP. Um, and here's Brandon Graham all these years later. Mr. Eagle, I 13th believe. 13th season. Jeremiah Washburn called him Mr. Eagle yeah. uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. That was good. Hey, I would have listened to Washburn if I knew he was going to say that. Yeah, he was very uh, – he was very. He looks just like his old man, doesn't he? He's got length. He's got good length to be a pass rusher. He's got the same. They they must have. There must be a Washburn beard or something, you know, or you know, facial hair, uh, uh, you know, cut out that they they shave around because it was exactly the same. I, I thought it was. Yeah, like I wonder if Jim and Jeremiah talk about how Jim got got it wrong with Brandon Graham. Oh, yeah. Goal from son to father. I don't think yeah. so. I think they keep that under wraps. Well, Jim right, drafted uh, Fletcher Cox. So, Groats, yeah, I need you talent. on the record for maybe the most important thing that we discuss here today. Eagles third string quarterback. Uh, Reed Stinnett did not uh, impress me against the no, Jets. Actually, no. he looked pretty damn bad. You guys no. there at practice and uh, you've said written, come on, Birds 365, whatever else. Oh, Reed Stinnett was pretty good. Reed Stinnett way ahead, of course. No. Strong. I'll mm-hmm. believe all that, but just because he said, how bad is Carson Strong, strong if Reed Stinnett's way ahead of him? Because Reed Stinnett didn't look like he should be on an NFL field the other night against the Jets. I, I actually heard someone say that Carson Strong didn't play because they were trying to hide him. <laughs> I Who swear to that? God, I heard Who that. Who said that? Yeah, I rolled my eyes. I, you know what? I can't say it because uh, yeah, you don't want that, that, yeah, you don't want to say off the records off the record, right? Yeah, ah, uh, I, I just rolled my eyes when I heard that. I didn't even, I didn't even come back. But uh, boy, they're doing he, a good job because he looks. Um, yeah, he looks like he's got an arm problem already. Carson. Uh, well, Strong. that's the one thing you know. That might be related a, to the knee too, he, to the he, base. You know, you, I'll, you I'll, heard, I wouldn't be surprised if that's acting up again. You, know? you heard all those stories about what a great arm he had. I haven't seen that even. He now, pushes never, the ball like Philip yeah. Rivers on his on his throws. He, he maybe they like it. it then. Maybe they do yeah. like it. That's they a love bizarre. Yeah, there's a Philip Rivers groupies yeah. on the coaching it, staff of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jody, if you saw him throwing a, a, a paper wad into a trash bin, you know, you'd say, "My God, that's a weird throwing motion." You know, like he just kind of pushes it at the end of it. You know, like yeah, oh, he, he's so. got a lot of Clayton Thorson in him. Uh, <laughs> I like that. 
I look completely. Oh, he's a good guy, Clayton Torson, but completely overmatched. No one did a better job of getting the food for Carson Wentz than Clayton Thorson. Uh, good, yeah. good on, good on Clayton. You um, know, it, it, but here's uh, real quick, Jody. Here's an example. As poor as Reed Sinat played against the Jets, and you saw, which he did. He, the, so the next practice on Tuesday, Carson Strong didn't get one rep. With in team drills, not one rep, rep. So if they're trying to hide him, they're doing a good stinking job of it. I'll say I that. Think, I think his knee is bothering him again. You know, like I wouldn't be surprised if he went on one of those um, what NF or football football injury pup list. Yeah, some weird you know category where they can stash him for. Well, a year. you can stash him on IR, yeah. but then you know he can't practice. He's out for the yeah. season. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, let, and oh, by the way, what happened to the quarterback factory? I thought this was the quarterback well, factory. That was they the previous, need previous. They're not previous. baking them up the way they used to down there. They in need South a third Philly, quarterback. They? Yeah. I mean, you could have COVID could come back. You never know. It's but it's still here. Monkeypox. Monkeypox. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to get monkeypox. <laughs> what if they get? What if somebody gets monkeypox? For wow. God's sakes! And I didn't somebody had to go monkeypox on we're this gonna show. Go, we're, I should have known it was going to be Bob Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who who tested positive for COVID? Somebody was just out. Quarterback. Uh, yeah, they've had some cases Drew, this year, Drew right? Seattle oh, Drew Lock, yeah, Drew Lock, and Kirk Cousins again. Yeah, there, so there's so many contagions the out there. Week. I mean, you you do need a third quarterback. You, you need yeah. one. Yeah, they'll pick. Maybe they'll pick a guy up after the cuts. Yeah, Drew Lock was going to start, right, Jody? And then uh, then he no, 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 no. And to his credit, he stayed loyal to his guy unbeknownst to why for me, but no, they said Geno Smith was because he was there last year. It was Geno's job to lose and he hasn't lost it. Drew Locke hasn't taken it from him. Oh, the Seahawks are just going to be No, there. no, I don't mean in general. I meant they were going to start him in this upcoming preseason Oh, this game. week, yeah. They yeah. were going to give him a start. He, yeah. He's going to miss out on the opportunity yeah, he's because yeah. he's got COVID. Yeah, yeah. So, That's you know a... what that means? Poor J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is not going to get a chance to show his medal this week with his starting By the way, why are people in Philadelphia getting upset? Seattle, did you see Seattle put out like a little hype video? I give them credit for getting J.J. highlights because they had to dig deep for those. But uh, they, you know, they put out a little hype video because they just acquired the kid. What do you expect them to do? Why? why, why I mean, what, it, what? that's what these social media accounts do. The Eagles are probably digging up clips on what's his, I, I forget his name, Hugo Amadi. And, and the only reason I know that is our buddy Rob Amadi, as I said to Jody. Ugo yeah. Amadi. Um, the Eagles he are sounds like South Philly muscle, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. I was actually surprised that they didn't go that, back to his Stanford tape. Uh, to oh, they up. should. That was good. The Stanford team. Yeah. I don't know why you think it's hard getting his his highlights, John. I mean, he didn't catch that many passes. Everyone was a highlight. Well, that's true. That yeah, you could, I mean, uh, you could like. I, I'm he, sure they're all over YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a number. He, of he'll end up with you know if well. he doesn't if he doesn't work in uh, Seattle, he'll end end up with somebody. I mean, he'll be that 51st, second, or third guy. By the way, the Seahawks already um, moved him back to receiver. Pete Carroll, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. We'll, yeah, I don't we'll think see about end. that. All right, uh, Mr. Gross, uh, you're off to wherever you're off to, but then you'll All right. uh, be hanging with McMullen at practice again this week. Just yeah, remember but, the word on. is lovable. Lovable. Bob, 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 Bob. Not likable, lovable. 
Bob, between you and I, nobody else is watching. It wasn't McMullen who said they're hiding cars from Strong, was it? No, no, no it wasn't McMullen. All right. as yeah, long as, it wasn't as long, him, yeah. As long as I know it wasn't Johnny Mac, I he would have fessed up. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I better about the up. show. Right, uh, Mr. Groats, always a pleasure. Always a Thanks pleasure. for hopping on board. Right. Good uh, job with the hammer thing. It, uh, it, we'll it do, I will me. tell Kratz. At, at Bob Groats, yeah. He's uh, out that's of a here. good story. Uh, Ed, uh, Ed's daughter uh, took a picture of him uh, when he collapsed. I guess he was tired. And he collapsed on his bed. And his daughter, of course, uh, went in and took a picture and put it on social media. Then <laughs> it was just him, you know, passed out on his bed, probably because he was, you know, doing all these things with his kids. And there was this weird little hammer off to the side of the bed. He had the dog on the bed. You had Ed Kratz completely passed out in a hammer on the. And we were like, "What the hell's going on with the hammer?" Yeah, and he never I, he never could fully explain. I I would suggest that might be a question you want to ask Mrs. Kratz. But well, that's just, yeah. Well, that's, we made those jokes, but I don't like to go the blue. That's route. just me. I don't um, want blue. And by the way, John McMullen, I thought you said you were booking Bob Kratz. Uh, 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 Kratz. Who was that man? Yeah, I know. Bob he Kratz. is the yeah. most cynical. Usually you say glass half empty, glass half full. Uh, he looks at way, that. He looks at the glass it. and goes, is there even water in there? He's the most negative guy we have on Birds 365. Today was Jovial Joe. By Everything way, he, is great. They're yeah, a lovable team, the Eagles. He's nuts with that Kenny Gainwell assumption. Kenny Gainwell has not been good. That doesn't mean he's not going to be good, but come on. Now, he's right on Teron Jackson. He's had a good camp. Patrick Johnson, I mentioned. Uh, but Kenny Gainwell has not had a good camp. I stand on that. Uh, not and, had a good camp. And he's been hurt. He's missed days. He, yeah. he hasn't had the chance to shine. But when he has actually been there, we don't get reports on, oh, and Gainwell made four catches, and Gainwell broke a tackle. And Gainwell did this. And Jalen Hurts did a couple of things, breaking guys' ankles on running plays. We're not getting that out of Kenny Gainwell so far. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's dropped, and that's what he's supposed to do well is catch the football, and he's even dropped a number of passes, which were a bit of a concern. And Miles has played well. Miles, like, I, I feel like I'm the one who said slow your roll on Miles Sanders after his rookie season, and people were comparing him to Christian McCaffrey and. Dalvin Cook, I'm like, come on, people, stop it. And now they think he's terrible. I, I mean, it, you know, there is a, there is a middle ground there. Yeah. He's a pretty good player. Uh, he's not a superstar, but he's a pretty good player, and he's by far the Eagles' best running back. By Und far. Understood. You and I see that exactly the same. Where you and I diverge is with Kenny hasn't really opened anybody's eyes. Game well. Boston also been injured. No, he can score touchdowns against the Giants. Done to a hell, hell of a lot against anybody else. And as you just described him, pretty good player. Miles Sanders, how do you come up with the Eagles need to run the football? No, the Eagles need to pass the football. To run well, the football, up, you uh, got to uh, have running backs that make big plays. And we don't know the Eagles have that right now. I, I have said it all summer. It has nothing to do with the running backs. It has to do with the offensive line and the quarterback, the plus one in the running game who makes it so difficult. There's a reason Miles Sanders, by the way, averaged 5.5 yards per carry. 
there's a reason a nondescript running backs are well over four yards a carry. That offensive line and that quarterback and what he does to the opposition run defense. And you saw it. I mean, Las Vegas forward, <clears throat> you saw how dominant the Eagles were running the football. I don't know why you want to go away from that. I, it doesn't make sense to me. If I have, like, give me the player, Jody. This is what coach always, coaches always give lip service to. They always say it, and the Eagles did it to their credit last year, and I give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit. Give me the player, and I'm going to build around the player. I'm going to build around Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to build around Justin Herbert. I'm not going to build around Joe Burrow. I could sit up there and, and wish upon a star like Jeffrey Lurie and think he's going to show up, but, you know, I want to win games. So I'm going to build around the guy I have. That's yeah. my philosophy. I, I get your philosophy. Here's the problem with your philosophy and those who subscribe to the same. Most important game the Eagles played last year was? Tampa Bay. And that very effective running game up until that point that got them to a winning season and the postseason did what? Uh, not much. Okay. Well, then it's nice to be able to look at the 17 games and say, here's what we need to achieve. But if you're already pretty sure that you're going to be one of those teams that get to the postseason, then you have to go comma, and here's what we need to do in the postseason. Well, I'm not and saying I think that's where shouldn't. the Eagles are right, comma, they're going to need to be able to throw the football against a very good defense in the postseason. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to improve, and that's where A.J. Brown comes in. I mean, you add talent. It should be easier. I'm not saying never throw the football. I'm I'm saying you should be better throwing the football because you have uh, A.J. Brown and everything falls into place from there. You have a great tight end. You have a great number two receiver. You have capable number three receivers. So it should be – it should make it easier for Jalen Hurts to throw the ball when you need to throw the ball. There should be improvement. I want to see improvement throwing the football. But I don't want to. I don't want to be this pass first. I'm going to throw it, chuck it forty times because I have AJ Brown team. I want to build around the strengths of the quarterback because, and and you know me, at, at my one two, and the best twenty five Eagles, Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown. That's my one two. One two. Those are the two best pure football players on this team. I, I get what they are, but the quarterback, and I go to Dave Zangaro's list, his list was most important, and number one was Jalen Hurts. Always and number one is the most important. So yeah. I got to build around the most important player, and the best players hopefully help the most important player improve in the passing game. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to turn him into Justin Herbert, and I'm not going to try to turn him into Justin Herbert. I don't think that's a good way to go. So you had A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard ahead of Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. Yeah, I I, I, I Dallas That won. smells like a passing team to me. If I you've Dallas got the two guys who can grab the football, one and two, and the supposed blocks of granite who are going to run the football down the other team's throats behind them, you got to be able to throw the football. All right, Willie. Uh, we got to take time out. We'll come back uh, coming up in less than 20 minutes from now. Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com is going to jump aboard with us. More Birds 365 coming your way next.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back, guys, here on Birds 365. We've got an hour in the book. Um, you're truly got to do a quick exit. It's stage left again today. Apologies, uh, but Tone and Johnny Mack will get you home on the back end. Jeff Mosher is going to join us in less than 15 minutes from now. Um, one of the things we, we discussed a lot with 
at least that individual who tried to pass the himself hammer. off as the hammer. Bob Gross. Bob Gross. I don't know where the hell he came from because that was the most yeah, everything's hunky dory, man. Positive appearance from Bob Groats. Yeah. Uh, how many times would you say we've had Groats on? Six, seven? Eight? I don't know, but I'm disgusted. I feel I, like I need a shower. I, what, I, what, what? Who was this? I think I got diabetes from listening to that. <laughs> I, I am not disgusted. I'm just flabbergasted. There's a difference between those two things. Uh, one of the things we didn't get into with Groats, because we touched on a lot of stuff. He was great. He just wasn't his usual Bob Groats himself. That's my interpretation. Um, we didn't talk at all about tight end other than uh, you and I just talking about Dallas Goddard being as Yeah, I got to get him my Noah Tungiai uh, pronunciation. Very good, uh, Noah. Um, Noah all about the tight end position. I don't know about you. I don't know anything other than Dallas Goddard, as I said yesterday here on the show. Surprise the hell out of me. ESPN. Yeah, I have it on way too much in my house. Uh, all day long the other day, fantasy football, fantasy football. Six, eight straight hours of fantasy football stuff. The NFL Network's doing it too. And I played. I've been playing fantasy football for years. I'm not planning on having a team this year. I would say two out of the last five years I've gone without. I'm busy on something. You, I don't know why you could even play fantasy football. With your job, I work on CBS Sports Radio. On set. So uh, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, I said, let me see if I can get by without it. And I did, and I missed it, but it didn't make me nuts. So I got back in, not last year. I'm but very year proud before. of this. Can I say this, Jody? I'm very proud of this. I have never, never played once, fantasy football you've never in my once life. Played. No. And so never. many people invite me in the leagues, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't like it. I don't care. They think I'd, I'd be in. I'm like, oh. It goes all the way back to Troy Aikman. When people used to tell me Troy Aikman was a bad quarterback because he had bad fantasy numbers. And I went, I don't want any part of this. If this is what your you is if, if this is your education to football, that's I don't want very, any it's part very of it. true. Troy yeah. Aikman was a bad fantasy yeah. quarterback. I don't want He's any all a fan quarterback it. in the real world, yeah. but as far as fantasy goes, yeah, he was he was actually a yeah, bad that's I, I I that was the crux of it, Jody. I okay. swear to God, I said and I don't want any part of this. I played when Troy played fantasy football, and even though I was a fan. I never had him on my fantasy team once because I knew for sure that he was a bad fantasy quarterback. But that aside, um, I didn't play last year. I'm not planning on playing this year. I'm perfectly fine with that. I played two years ago because a buddy begged me to come in. We got to have you in the league. And I did it. And, yeah, it was a little bit more of a pain than it ever was. I'm kind of over fantasy football is, is the point I'm trying to make. Um, and more power to you guys if you're still playing. There was a time when I absolutely loved it. I almost lived it. One year I had a team with my wife. She and I drafted a team together, and she had just as much a say in playing and picking the players, and we actually made money. We lost in the semifinals of the playoffs, but uh, we finished in well, third Well, now, play. if you're having fun, and yeah, get, I always say, if you like it, go have fun. We, just, we, just we leave, did, and I really did enjoy the just year leave, that we just had with me. Yeah. Next year, we did it again. I did two years with my wife. We stunk, and oh, man, did we fight. Oh. Uh, so I, that was it. Never again were we going to have the Mrs. Mack and Daddy Mack uh, team in fantasy football. But a uh, long-winded way to get to the point I was trying to make, Dallas Goddard is not in anybody's top five tight ends this year for fantasy. Yeah. And I think that's nuts because I do believe – quarterback, though. It's not about the tight end. It's about the quarterback. If you put Dallas Goddard with 
you know, name the quarterback. I, I bring up Herbert Burrow all the time. If you put them with them, he's in the top five. I understand. It's about the quarterback. Quick question. Who do you think is going to be a better fantasy player this year, Dallas Goddard or Darren Waller? Darren Waller. I don't. Because well, he's got Derek Carr. Yeah, he's also got Devontae Adams. Yeah, but you don't, you're not going to – he's still going to be, you know, like here. It's it's 1A. Um, if people think, by the way, it's A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, I think it's Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, so I'm leaning more towards your way. But you have 1A and you have 1B. They're both going to get a ton of traffic. I don't I, – they, the Raiders also have Hunter Renfro – I forget who their other receiver is. I'd have to look it up. So they have a lot of good plays, but Derek Carr puts up numbers, man. I mean, he does. And I and, think he'll and, put up numbers this year, but I think they're going to be outrageous with Devontae Adams. And well, oh, they probably the way, are. Oh, by the way, Waller is more apt to be injured than is a Dallas Goddard. Now, as soon as I say that, you know, Dallas Goddard's going to. Well, yeah, injury. Is a concern, right? You can you, you you can never predict it, but I think you have to at least look at the history of it when you're making an evaluation in a specific position, and that means rankings and the like. Well, I'll and, give you another example: Irv Smith. Like Irv Smith missed all of last season. Uh, his dad, if you remember, played at Notre Dame. I think big big time player. He played at Alabama. He was supposed to have a really big season taken over for Kyle Rudolph last year, got hurt. They have Jefferson and Thielen and K.J. Osborne. They throw the ball all over the place. I, Irv Smith, if he plays, now injuries are a concern. He's going to put up big numbers. Those those quarterbacks, they they not only put up big numbers, they, they get the ball all over the place. So, And I'm no fantasy expert. I just said I don't play it. I don't like it. But if it's about statistics, if it's about numbers, I'm focusing on those quarterbacks and those guys who are consistent putting up numbers. For me, Andrews, Kelsey, Goddard. I think he's going to be the third best fantasy tight end in football. And I know fantasy is fantasy. Real life is real life. What do you do to help your team win football games on Sunday? Much more important. I get it. But no Kittle. I, I got him ahead of Kittle. Oh, because of Trey Lance. Though, yeah, right? if you're going to yeah. say, whoa, but look at Jalen Hurts. You're going to compare Well, that's what I'm saying, Derek though. Carr, but... I'll take Jalen Hurts ahead of oh, uh, so Trey will Lance I. at this point. So will I. But, you know, it's the same sentiment, though. So you're you're knocking Kittle down for the same sentiment people are knocking Goddard down in that they don't have the Derek Carr or the Kirk Cousins. And it's probably right, to be honest. It's probably right to knock him down at least a little bit. As opposed to somebody like Kelsey, who you know, not only from his history, but because he has Patrick Mahomes, if he's healthy, if he's out there. And by the way, there's no more Tyreek Hill as well. So if anything, he's going to get more targets. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's about those high volume throwers when it comes to now Jalen's a good fantasy player because of the running stuff. So it's it. But when you're looking at the receivers, on Philadelphia, yeah, you got to be a little bit cautious, I would think. But uh, I don't since, know. I'm since no I officially expert. put the jinx on Goddard by noting that Darren Waller could very well get hurt because that's one of the guys who's ranked above him. Most have Waller ahead of him. Most have Kittle ahead of him. Uh, some have Hawkinson ahead of him. 
You really? You want to go with Jared Kaplier? DJ Hawkinson. He he may be, but I did you watch uh Hard Knocks this week? I did not. It was a perfect example. Talk about likable. I asked you at the top of the show. That's why I wanted to get off on a likable tangent because uh, the note that I wrote for myself, watched second season, second episode of Hard Knocks, the Lions are really likable. Almost every year, the team that's on Hard Knocks comes off as really likable. But this Lion team, maybe above and beyond, is really likable. They had their first preseason game. They blew a lead late and lost. That's what the Lions are going to be. No matter how likable they are, no matter how much you think that you'd like to play for their head coach, they're not a good football team, and they're not going to be a good football team, and the Eagles are going to go in there and win by double-digit points the first week of the season. But um, I digress. I was making a point about tight ends. Oh, well, that I think Goddard... P.J. Hawkinson. ...should be a top three fantasy tight end this year. And then what? For the Eagles at tight end, Johnny Mack... Uh, they're uh, gonna. Yeah. You, they good. can only keep two tight ends because you got nine edge guys making the team and eight linebackers making the team. So there's no way they're keeping a third tight end. So what do they do with Calcaterra? What do uh, they they're do with keeping, your boy Noah? They're keeping three tight ends. The problem is who do they, who's the third tight end? You understand the number fifty? I understand. Right? It's not I'm fifty-four. Not... It's not fifty-eight. Now, it's not sixty. Now Bo it's Wolf, fifty-three. Bo Wolf can claim credit but nobody else other than Bo Wolf because I either win or I come in second I'm well aware about roster construction uh for right now remember the 53 and then you hit the waiver wire like they're keeping two quarterbacks all right number one right off the bat three running backs number one now they might shift after the 53 but Jason Huntley isn't making this team uh um Brooks Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy Brooks isn't making this team. So you're going to have some light positions and you're going to go, what's going on when they go down to the initial 53? They might even cut. This is what teams do now. And it started either last year or two years. They might even cut Rick Lobato to keep somebody on the yeah, initial that, 53 that and bring him back. There was a oh, whole, there was a whole like bunch of those guys out there yeah. like that. Yeah. And they do the wink, wink, Rick, because he's a bested veteran. He doesn't have to go through waivers. So you can say, Rick, we need this roster spot. We're, we're bringing you back. We got the wink. Eight teams did it last year, Jody. You might even have that to keep one of these young guys and then be able uh, to put them on injured reserve or whatever so they can come back uh, and do some roster maneuvering that way. Um, they might pick up a running back on waivers, but you keep somebody originally and then when you, you make the spot afterwards. Um, so I believe me, I know what's going on. They're going to keep three tight ends. The, the issue to me is Noah Tungiai should make this team as of today. Now, there's plenty of time to go. You still have these four practices, which are the most important practices of, of, of the summer, to be honest. Yep. And he could, you know what the bed in those four practices, and it could change. But as of right now, He's been their second best tight end behind Dallas Goddard. Now the Eagles seem to like Jack Stoll better. I don't get it, but you know, so we're talking about the third spot. Grant Calcaterra can't get on the stinking field. So if you're keeping Grant Calcaterra over Noah Tungiai, you're just saying, All right, I believe in my evaluation. I believe in the upside of this particular player because he's done nothing to deserve it. 
whereas Noah has played his way onto this roster. Now there's other, you know, strategies. It's there's much more strategy now that they've changed the rules with roster construction, because you can say, all right, am I going to get Calcaterra through waivers? Can I get Tungiai through waivers? You, you might be making that decision and then you bring the loser, so to speak, back on the practice squad. So there's a lot of things that come into it. But I also think, Jody, as a GM, as a, as a coaching staff, you also have to send a message. And if somebody, the players know, like if they look at Noah Tungia and say, this kid deserves to make the team, this kid's better than so-and-so, you want to send that message that this is a meritocracy and if you play well, you're going to get rewarded. So I do think even I'm not going to say it's a big thing, but I do think at times it becomes something you want to send a message to the locker room. All right. Last thing. And he's not in the green room yet. We're hoping Jeff Mosher jumps in there in just a second, but before he does, <laughs> does he take part in the 53 man roster contest? Uh, most, I think he has in the past, okay. but yeah. I'm not see, sure if he's been see, consistent. See if he's got a grasp on roster construction. Yeah. Not, I know what I'm doing, Jody. Okay. I know uh, what I'm doing. He's already got it. He's got it planned down. I just got to fill in the blanks with the guys over these next four important practices on the joint practice. Bo Wolf is going to pop on and uh, peacock himself uh, as the, the, the only, the only guy who can beat Johnny Mack in yeah. the roster construction 53 man contest that the Eagle Riders have. All right. The, the aforementioned Jeff Mosher scheduled to join us. Hopefully that's the case. We'll come back. John McMullen, Jody McDonald right here on birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
with my Biden partner, John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Joining us now, pulling in his chair, not going anywhere like our first guest. Good to have him locked in and ready to rock and roll for the next 20, 25 minutes is Jeff Mosher from Inside the Birds, podcast.com and the like. Uh, if you didn't log in, you, you might not have been watching this before you logged in. McMullen threw down a gauntlet. He basically said Jeff Mosher has <laughs> got no chance to win the contest. That is not true. Man roster because if I, the only way I could possibly lose, possibly lose, is if the athletic guy beats me again. But other than that, no one else has a shot. Completely I, untrue. He's trying to start the media. <laughs> no, listen, I, I, I concede. There. I concede to Bo Wolf yeah. and you. You got you and Bo own that thing. Yeah. So I'm jumping on your bandwagon. I'm going on record right now saying that I think Jeff Mosher is going to win the contest. I did, I did, I did brag about one thing that I understand roster construction, and that's where Jody went with it. Uh-huh. Uh, but Bo is the defending, I think, three-time champion, which yeah. I won the year before that. Does, does John Heyman come was... out and introduce him before you guys hand in all your contests? <laughs> That, that's a wrestling reference that I thought McMullen yeah, would Paul Heyman. Look, no, I got to be like, what the hell are you Heyman talking the about? Baseball insider, the reigning, undefended, <laughs> no. undisputed champion of the roster contest, Bo Wolf. Now, it's funny you say that, Jody, because I got, when I was the champion, I got Paul Heyman to tweet out that entrance for me. I got him to do it because Paul okay. follows me. Uh, so I got him to do it, and then I got too cocky, and I lost to Bo Wolf. So that's what go. happens. But no, uh, and I might be getting too cocky by jumping on the most bandwagon. I listen, got faith in you, quick. Jeff Mosher. It's all you this year, buddy. I appreciate. It. I, I listen. I do have a claim to fame for uh, a fifty-three man roster projection. I don't think John was was with us yet on the beat at that time, but I did accurately predict a player once to make the Eagles fifty-three. When he wasn't even on the Eagles, there we 90 go. Now that's impressive. Time. That's impressive. Who was that? So very- he was a safety, a uh, short safety that was playing for the Browns at the time. And I, because the Browns were coached by Pat Shermer and the Eagles are so bad at safety and boy, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, <laughs> the, the, they were so, I wound up caught like looking around rosters of teams yeah. that I knew had some connection to Andy Reid. And so Pat Shermer's team, uh, I called a few people trying to get an idea of who might get cut, who might. And there was a, I wish I could remember his name now. He was a great story. I think he played at Iowa State. He was a rookie free agent safety. Had Damn, been like, you know, you know everything about this guy, time. but his name. So I put him on the Eagles. Now that said, is, this guy's going to get always cut impressive. and going to claim him. Yeah, that's always impressive because the Eagles are, are going to claim somebody. You know that. Uh, and I look at running back. I look at tight end. I look at safety. Um, as well as the most likely positions, which is why you have to have all these rules. So we basically bogged it down to the initial 53. And there's more strategy now, most because of the expanded practice squad. Sure. Um, Last year, I was telling Jody, the league, it became a trend in the league to cut your long snapper, Mm -hmm. and especially if he's a veteran, so he doesn't have to go through waivers. The Eagles did it last year with Rick Lovato. So you wink, wink him and say, uh, we need to keep this guy on the, the initial 53, and then you bring back your long snapper, you're going right. to see that happen all over the league. Right. But I do like they put Tyree Jackson on, on PUP the next day, right? I think that's yeah. how it went. They just wanted to be able to keep yeah. Tyree, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, no, there's a lot of maneuvering that goes on. Yeah. And um, 
on Tuesday. So uh, Marcus Epps was out with a back injury. And by the mm-hmm. way, we, we all act like Marcus Epps is some proven commodity. At so this point. I said that today on the podcast. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's amazing. But the Eagles don't know what to do. He's out for one practice and they're trying Josiah Scott. They're trying Reed Blankenship. They go back to Kayvon Wallace. All three players got first team reps. Is this a bigger problem than people realize the safety position? So I'll, I'll just tell you guys exactly how I phrased it today uh, on the podcast that dropped this morning. I echoed your sentiment that Marcus Epps is their best safety, their best coverage safety at least, which in nowadays game makes you a best safety, but he hasn't even started a full season yet. So he's sort of a question mark from that regard. Every other safety after Marcus Epps, and there's a lot of them now, you know, Anthony Harris, Jaquiski Tart, Andre Chachere, all the way to to the new guy that they just added, Ugo Amati. All of them should be looking at themselves and saying, I'm not 100% sure I have a job with the Philadelphia Eagles when that cut down happens. And I'm not, Adam, you know, his eyes open. I said, I didn't say they're all getting cut. I'm saying each and every one of them cannot say definitively 100% I will be employed by the Philadelphia Eagles after the cut down because they're weak at this. This has become their new linebacker when they were skating by with everybody on the team being an undrafted free, uh, free agent, whether it was TJ Edwards or Nate Gary or Duke Riley or whatever. This is now their new linebacker. It's a position that they have ignored so much in the draft. And listen, that's because they prioritize O-line, D-line. It's worked out for them. Um, but they've ignored it so much that they've left themselves in great peril at the position. Most and you know how Roseman is, is the type of guy to make an aggressive move when he needs to. And if he makes an aggressive move, it's not going to be to add another mid-level guy. It's going to be someone to put next to Marcus Epps, I would think. And that leaves everybody not named Marcus Tepps and anyone Howie brings in as like, oh, am I going to make this team or not? If I said to you that Josiah Scott might have more roster confidence making right now because of his versatility than Mm -hmm. any of the other just pure safeties, would you agree with me? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think when you look at what the Eagles intend to do, and again, some of their, that's still a question mark, but um Gannon's background, some of the coaches he's been with, the league trending toward pattern matching, mirror and match coverage. You, you, some teams like really big, tall guys. You know, Seattle is always like the taller safeties, um, the bigger guys. But teams that do pattern matching, mirror matching, they just want like almost like five or six cornerbacks out there. They want guys who can run and cover. So Josiah Scott is a guy who, as you just mentioned, Jody, he's played outside corner, he's played inside nickel and he, he, now he's they're working him out at safety so that versatility will will help if the if the season ended today the preseason ended today i think he's he's definitely on the team um to to jeff's point though i mean the eagles just traded for ugo amadi as you mentioned who plays nickel safety special teams just yep. like josiah scott so you at least if you're josiah scott you have to say well, have I not impressed these guys as much as I think? Because they bring in a mirror player. Now, granted, late addition, but still the most, the four most important practices coming up. And you even brought up Anthony Harris. Your point: if this Chuck Clark trade happens all of a sudden, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe Anthony Harris is out of here. Yeah, because Anthony Harris, not I think, a is starter. Right, right. You know, yeah, he's not playing assume. special teams. Yeah. Sure. People so if they make the guy, that but, splash right. move, 
Yeah, Jeff's right. Now that was a good point. I give him, I give him credit. Probably the only safety that can sleep comfortably comfortably at night and can put his name in pen on the roster is Marcus Epps. That's kind of amazing this late in the summer. Let me, since you touch on him, and I've been meaning to bring him up for three days now. Shame on me. Um, I had Vinny Serrato on my show on CBS Sports Radio, former <laughs> NFL executive who does talk shows down in Baltimore, pretty tied in with the Ravens. They're keeping all three of their safeties. They yeah, think they, they can play this, all yeah. three of them together. Uh, I know John and I talked about it as soon as the the draft pick went down and the Ravens added another safety. We said, oh, well, let's get our hands on Chuck Clark. He'd be a great. They don't need three starting safeties. So we've only been talking about it since April. But when I had Vinny on on, on Sunday, he says, oh, no, they're going to rotate those three guys. He thinks they can get all three on the field at the same time. Well, you can. I mean, the Eagles have been playing three safety looks on, since Jim Schwartz was here, you know, yeah. since they had um, yeah. uh, who's the guy that came over from Baltimore? Corey Graham, right? I mean, that, Corey, that's kind yeah. of the big nickel or or big dime, whatever you want to call it, has been uh, a feature that they've used before and with success. And like I said, a lot of teams, and it's not surprising to hear that about the Ravens because they're one of those teams that likes guys that can run and cover in the back end and, and would rather have you be a coverage guy than a big hard hitter. But I, I can't shake the feeling, Jeff, that, you know, the first real move the Eagles tried to make in free agency was Marcus Williams, who was on the Ravens. Um, they wanted him. They right. wanted him badly. Yep. So that, you know, we always talk about don't listen to what a team says. Watch what they do. That was a clear indication the Eagles knew we have to get better at safety. And they haven't been able to get better at safety. Um, I understand they wanted Jordan Davis, so I understand why they looked in a different direction than Kyle Hamilton. Um, uh, the Honey Badger, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that because I think he's a descending player. They didn't want to get in a bidding war there, plus he right. probably wanted to go home. So mm -hmm. I, I don't have a problem there. Chikwaski Tart has done nothing. He, can't, he has not taken one first-team rep yet. Now, if you told me before camp, Jaquaski Tart would take no first team reps. And oh, by the way, Anthony Harris missed time with COVID and a dental issue. And then Marcus Epps missed time and he gets no first team reps. I would have said, you're nuts. You're crazy. Yep. Um, no, yep. they need to get better at safety. They seem to know it and they can't do it. So bottom line, your final prediction is another shoe going to drop come to cut down to 53 i, I believe they're waiver i believe will. yeah I, I i think it will i think it'll probably be a more aggressive move than a waiver claim unless somebody gets put on waivers that's surprisingly good or really fits the defense i don't think it's going to be jesse bates i'm sure you guys have talked about it a million times but i'll just add that i don't believe it's jesse bates because mm -hmm. i don't believe there's anything to gain by trading for somebody who has to play the year on the franchise tag yeah, um, financially and, and from a leverage standpoint. So I would really doubt that that's the move. Um, but, you know, I couldn't have seen the Ronald. I knew the Eagles needed a corner in 2017, but I didn't see the yeah. Ronald Darby move coming. So you just never know who's that. You have to kind of go look at safeties who are probably three years in and maybe good enough to be a starter, but not good enough to get an extension from whatever team they're at, or there's a new coaching change. That's what really happened to Ronald Darby. They went from a team that played predominantly what man to a team that played predominantly zone. So they yeah. just felt like that. And plus they had Tredavious white coming up. They felt like Ronald Darby is someone that they can move on from. 
And the so the irony of that year, right, John and, and Jody, is that you know Ronald Darby was such a necessary a need for the Eagles, who were so bad at corner at that point. They had like Ron Brooks and Jalen Mills and Jalen Watkins. Ron was Brooks, playing. love yeah, it. I mean, love we, that we went pull. through this on the pod. All the guys, that, yeah. it was it was not good there. Um, yeah. And then they get Ronald Darby, and then what happens? He gets hurt in the season opener, and he misses ten games. So the guy that you thought the Eagles absolutely needed to be yeah. successful misses 10 games, they go 9-1. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? Yeah, well, that year was – I remember Patrick Robinson. Oh, yeah. Uh, was Rob, so yeah. bad in camp. So this yeah. is a, you know, cautionary tale for everybody. I've been talking about Kenny Gainwell has not impressed me in camp this year. Right. Patrick Robinson was just terrible to the point – you might have been there, Moe. He did that sort of oh, I was there. impromptu I was press conference inside the notebook, right inside the door. Yep. And he, he looked like he was ready to have a nervous breakdown. He was, I don't I know. I remember him talking about how hot things. it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was just terrible. And all of a sudden, the regular season shows up. He's the best slot corner in football the entire yeah. year. It was amazing yeah. the year you know, he had culminating you know the in the nfc championship game yeah you know the expression in baseball when a pitcher's struggling they say you're running to the bat rack just to go hit yeah. off of them i you yeah. saw like fringe wide receivers guys who could not run just couldn't wait to get into one-on-ones against patrick robinson yeah. could not wait but i think the move it wasn't just a finger snap right it's sort of the nelson aguilar impact on defense once they moved him away from the outside and yeah. into the slot again, because they required Ronald Darby, it seemed like that was such a perfect move to get him in a position where he was suited to succeed. Yeah. Most out of the uh, four undefeated joint practices the Eagles had last year, how many were you in attendance for? Um, I think one. one. I, I, I think just one, yeah. In that one practice, was there anything that jumped out at you? Different than you go to practice all the time and the drills that they work on, how they run a practice. You're doing it against someone else, Sirianni's way of doing it and handling it. Was there anything that you jumped out that you'll specifically keep in the back of your mind and say, all right, I got to see if they do that again this year? Because it was something that may have tipped you to the kind of year the Eagles were going to have. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday or breakfast this morning and i just had but, breakfast but you remember these before. not not needed eagle I know, uh, dbs I from 2017 you can remember that yeah i do i do how's randall goforth doing these days <laughs> uh no no nothing that jumped out at me i always say that the value in these jody are that you, you know you come across games right and like for example take the preseason opener the Eagles scored a touchdown. There was no third or fourth and one. There was no goal line situation. So these practices, you're able to script and get in situations that you want to be able to master and be good at for the season, but may not have that opportunity to do in a preseason game, especially when you're only playing one series. And who knows if Nick's going to play his starters in any of these next two games anyway. So that might have been yeah. one and done. So I, that's why I like these practices. My only – my best memory of joint practices, Jody, is like five – John will remember this. When when they when they practiced against the Patriots and Tom Brady was still there, and oh. you, you just never saw the ball hit the ground. It was oh, unbelievable. One-on-one, seven-on-sevens, eleven The ball just never hit the ground ever compared to what – I think that was – was that Carson's first year? Yeah, that was yeah. one of my that I'm glad you brought that up, Mosh. That is one of my favorite stories ever. 
the Eagles were doing one-on-one, so receivers against defensive backs on the far field for anybody who's ever been at the Novacare complex. So we're able to to stand on the side, and it's as close as you can get to the players, as close as you can get, your feet away. And I never heard so many expletives in my life. Every Eagles defensive back coming back, shaking their head, saying, F this, F that. Brady was unbelievable. I've been going to too many football practices for too many years, (laughs) and they get boring. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like the accuracy. It was unbelievable. Uh, And I don't think I'll ever see anything like that again, to be honest. Um, But getting back to the joint practice format, Jeff, the Eagles were undefeated last year, but I think a lot of that had to do, and Jody will know, same old Jets, just the Jets. Right. The Patriots had Cam Newton, who was struggling mightily at the time. Mac Jones was obviously a rookie quarterback. This time, they're on the road, which should help. Cleveland's really talented roster. Miami's really talented roster. They've done a good job. These practices, it's going to be a little bit tougher for them. Um do you Absolutely. think that's valuable to to, yes. to face teams that talented, even if you lose? Uh, put that in quotations. The joint practice. Absolutely, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, I, I, look the way training uh, more so now, John, than ever because of the way teams have scaled back at practice on hours, on contact, on pads, on everything. You you really don't get the same level of competition, no matter how much the coaches try to tell you, there's a lot of great competition and guys are out there sweating. Yeah, they are, but that's all in comparison. What they did five years ago and 10 years ago and 15 years ago is nothing close to what they do now. So that's why I like joint practices. Now I think it's an opportunity for both sides of the ball to see something new, something different. And again, to they can run, they can do an entire goal line zo- drill, third down drill, red zone drill, and get first, second, third team reps against a, a formidable opponent on, at all three levels, first, second, third team, that they would not get in a game. Think And think about it from this way. We know that in the preseason games, which the world's for watching, there's tape, there's all 22 available, that play callers, offensive and defensive, they get very vanilla. Like, you go back and watch the Jets. The Jets st- stayed in their cover three. I mean, they played seven men in the box. No wonder why the Eagles passed the ball all around. It's like the Jets were were defending second or third and one the entire game. They really didn't try to do anything. So the Eagles threw the ball a lot. Um, you know that in joint practices, when there's nobody watching and the tape doesn't go out, these coordinators and play callers will dial up their best stuff. They're trying to test their units versus another unit. So I think it's even a better way to prepare a team for what they'll see in the regular season than a pre than nowadays a preseason game would do. All right, last thing for me, David Sims. David Sims, the safety from Iowa State. Yes, that's yeah, the guy. David I put him Sims. on my 53, nice and he was on it. Yeah. Yep, he got claimed. It's, and Randall Goforth, I guess, is having lunch right now with Nate Metters. That that would be oh, my guess. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You guys, are throwing, you guys yeah. are throwing out some names, and they're going <laughs> right over my head. I got to be honest. I had to go to Google to figure out yeah. David Sims. Iowa State. <laughs> Uh, safety, Browns. I had to put a whole bunch of things in there just to come up with David Sims. And then when I saw the name, I go, 
Oh, that's right. Little guy, David Sim. David that's exactly Sims. Who it is. Yeah. I have to I say, of all my of my long journalism career, that might be the pinnacle. That's it. That is always impressive. When that you can pick a waiver wire pickup, you're doing a good job. A, you a do, waiver you wire should. guy before he's on the team to make the team, he's still a member of the other team. Yeah, that is. That uh, should be a bullet. That should be bullet point one on the resume. <laughs> Second level thinking, right there, fellas. Uh. All right, uh, most uh, new uh, pod drop today. Where can uh, the Eagle fans <laughs> listen to the latest podcast? Yeah, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Amazon, Spotify. We're on every single major podcast platform. You can even find the, the written aggregated version on InsideTheBirds.com with some other content that we've had from practices. And uh, we have a YouTube channel, of course, Inside the Birds on YouTube. You can find you can Check watch on... you can watch the podcast if you if you actually yeah. want to watch me and Adam for yeah, an hour. Well. Some oh. people watch me and Jody, so yeah, every single day. And, yeah, we, we, we get in front of a camera every yeah. single day, which, as you can tell right here in this street shot, one of the three of us has some color, and yeah. it's not me and McMullen. So, yeah. I'm guessing the uh, YouTube show looks just fine. We spent always all that a time pleasure, bud. You know, we're gonna get you on soon as the season gets underway. Thanks for doing it with us today. You got it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, much. Yep, Mosher. Uh, uh, and and well, he should bragging on the fact that he named a guy to make the Eagles roster yeah, that when is, he was that, still that a member always, of another team. That is flat out reporting and impressive. That is always impressive because I'm telling you right now, they're going to pick up somebody running back, tight end, safety. I can't tell you who it's going to be though. I can't tell you. We shall uh, see. Is uh, we get joint practice in today? Um, we'll certainly have someone on. I know we're going to have somebody on from the Cleveland side tomorrow. Um, uh, uh, who will be uh, giving us a little bit of a Brown perspective uh, tomorrow. And we're going to try and hustle up an Eagle guy who is at joint practice today. So that's tomorrow. Uh, Cause I got to exit stage left here for uh, a couple of minutes. One quick note, my phone rang or buzzed, or I got a notification, whatever. Uh, Baker Mayfield named as the starting quarterback for the, uh, Carolina Panthers. So that's something that uh, we, we may be able to work no into the shock. But that's the way they had to go. And, you know, I think Baker's underrated. I've said that pretty consistently. I think he's underrated. Uh, I here's, think what I'll, here's what I'll say about the uh, Browns quarterback with Baker Mayfield and uh, Sam Darnold. Better than Seattle's. I'll take those two guys over. I take. Smith I'll tell you what. And Drew, with or without COVID lock, doesn't matter to I, me. I take Baker Mayfield over Jacoby Brissett, but the Browns can't do that anymore. No, they, so they're, they're stuck that, with Jacoby Brissett for at least a while. All right, yeah. Johnny Mac, uh, wrap it up. Tone will be on. He'll uh, get you home. You and me tomorrow morning. Uh, let's do it. A football Friday. Is but it Friday tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow it is. is a football Friday, post-joint practice football Friday. Uh, so I'll be back tomorrow. But Johnny McIntone will take you home here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. 
field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back to Birds 365. He's John McMullen, and I am Tone the II. Thank you guys so much for being locked in on the content. As I always say to you guys when I hop on, make sure you guys smash that like button. It really helps the algorithms grow. I know that's not really Jody's thing, but I got his back, and I got John's back. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. Uh, stay locked in on the content. Continue to support, subscribe, stay engaged in the live chat. All that engagement really helps the content grow. So, John, you know, I've been tuned in in the background listening to you guys, uh, you know, pontificate about all things Eagles. I learned that word from you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been locked in behind the scenes. And you guys brought up a topic that was really interesting to me. Um, the And this is earlier in the show. Jalen Hurts and the marriage between his passing ability and his running ability. Now, this is my mindset. People can talk about all the rushing yards and how electric he is in the running game all they want. That's fine and dandy. But I'll put it to you from this perspective. If his passing is as electric as his running, I love it. But if his passing can't measure up to his running ability, if he has a thousand yards rushing but doesn't have the passing yards to match that level of production, I I, I just don't care. You know, and I understand how dynamic that can be for a team having a quarterback that's mobile but if he can't pass the ball what's the point um and and i think people misconstrue this and when i say build around the quarterback the assumption is oh you got to run the football run the football that's not what it means it means you don't ignore the strengths of the quarterback and uh, you still build everything off uh, the running game versus the passing game. Whereas if you have a Justin Herbert, it's going to be passing game over running game. 
Um, that's all I mean. Um, doesn't mean Jalen Hurts can't pass the ball successfully. He can. Doesn't mean you can't improve. You should. And that's why you bring in A.J. Brown. And that's why you have this uh, difference between, say, you know, the, the the weapons of Dallas Goddard with A.J. and Devontae Smith and everything falling into place. I always talk about that domino effect. Quez Watkins, Zach Pascoe has been great, as I mentioned, in training camp. And I wrote on jacobsports.com. Um, you should be better uh, passing the game, passing the football. What I don't want to do, though, is assume he's going to be Justin Herbert. Right. All right. That to me makes no sense. I, I, and when I say I want to go full Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson won an MVP in this league. Lamar Jackson throws the football successfully, hasn't reached the heights in the playoffs that you would like, but it's hard to win in the playoffs. I'm trying to make the best football team I can. And how do you do that? You build around the quarterback you have and, and you build around his strengths. That's all I mean. I don't want to try to say, and that's why I said Jeffrey Lurie sitting at the top of the Novacare complex, wishing on a star, wishing for Justin Herbert. You don't have Justin Herbert. Forget about Justin Herbert. Forget about Joe Burrow. Build around the quarterback you have. That, to me, is the definition of what you do as a coach and as a football team, or the definition you should do. Build around the strengths of the player you have. So what should their approach be? I mean, we know last season when when everything began, they came out really pass heavy. You know, they got gung ho after week one and they had that young man passing that ball 35, 40, sometimes 45 times a game. And that's not really conducive to his game or his success. And then you saw them start to taper off the passing game and add on more of that rushing attack. Now, should that be flipped on its head entering this season? Should they pick up where they left off and then allow the passing game to take on a life of its own? I yeah, I think they should pick up where they left off. They were successful. And I know Jody points to the playoff game. All right, they lost to a better team. Doesn't mean the you know, Las Vegas forward didn't happen. You saw what happened when they tried to drop it back forty times and be pass heavy and you know, go that route. It wasn't good. Now, again, it doesn't mean you can't improve. You didn't have AJ Brown last year. But just because you bring in A.J. Brown, you don't just say, oh, I'm going to throw it 40 times. Tennessee had A.J. Brown, right? They don't have a great quarterback um, in Ryan Tannehill. He, he can make some throws. They built around Derrick Henry in, in the running game. Well, it's a little bit different type of running game here. You don't have Derrick Henry, but you do have Jalen Hurts. Um you build around the strengths that you have. And maybe if Tennessee, um, maybe if Tennessee it turned into the number one seed that won a Super Bowl instead of just the number one seed that, you know, lost against Cincinnati in the playoffs, pe- people would have a different mentality and say, all right, that's the right thing to do. Um, but you always get this, I don't get this mentality of you can't win that way. So don't do it. In other words, I always talk about margin of error. 
I talk about it all the time. Yes, the margin of error is smaller, but the margin of error grows for you specifically. Is the margin of error smaller than when you play Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Tom? Yes, they have a larger margin of error. But the margin of error grows for you by taking advantage of what you have, not by not by going in a different direction and trying to turn Jalen Hurts into Patrick Mahomes. That's what I think people don't understand, to be honest. Yeah. Plus, plus real quick, Tom, plus only one team wins. So if, if that's your standard, well, Lamar Jackson's never won a Super Bowl. They've been pretty successful, though. Um, <laughs> your your goal is to maximize what you have, and that's not always going to be winning the Super Bowl every year. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Even the best quarterbacks sometimes go their entire career without winning a Super Bowl. But you know, I like to liken it to uh, you know, baseball, right? Any manager knows how far he can push his ace. You know, sometimes, you know, there are some starting pitchers that can only go about maybe five or six innings before you start to, you know, lose effectiveness with that pitch. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, you know, he is a quarterback who once he starts to get into that 30 to 40 range of his throws, he starts to lose effectiveness as a passer. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, you're right. The more the number that the higher that number goes, um, it's probably worse for the Eagles. Um, so if you're over 40, that's not where you want to be. I talk about it all the time with the counterintuitive notion with Zach Pascal versus Quez Watkins. Eagles fans want to see Quez Watkins out there. Probably a bad sign. If you see more Zach Pascal, your team's probably winning. Um, because you're trying to run the ball. You're in the four minute offense. You're in the red zone places where Zach Pascal would be apt to get playing time. Whereas if you're losing by 10 points, you got to make plays and Quez Watkins is probably on the field. Counterintuitive. It's difficult for people to understand that, get behind it, realize it. Maybe when they see it, it changes a little bit, but you know, if you're up 10 points in the fourth quarter, Zach Pascal is going to be on the, on the field. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, as we begin to close the show, I think I think what's going to be the difference with Jalen Hurts this season is not necessarily how much he's throwing, but how much he's connecting on his throws. Let's be honest. Last season, Jalen Hurts left a lot of meat on the bones, you know, left a lot of food on the table, uh, left a lot of money in the casino. Right. And he also missed on some guys. And he was reluctant to take the easy pass. He was reluctant to take the check down. I believe that we're going to see the improvement in Jalen Hurts' game, not necessarily by the quantity of the throws and the completions, but the quality of the throws and the completions. Um, allow him to, uh, well, he, he, you know, allow him to hit those check downs and, um, you know, have a have have a have a um a more reputable. Um, completion percentage you know what I mean because I think that's where his game sort of that's what was missing from his game he was able to have the explosive throws but they were so far in between he kind of looked inconsistent if he can if he can be more willing to take those check downs if he's more willing to take those five to seven yard gains and allow his running backs or tight ends or whoever to make a play for him then that can help his game expand and then people can potentially begin to look at Jalen Hurts like he's a much more complete much more um competent quarterback 
Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of torn on that for this reason. I, I, I don't really care about, um, what others think. Um, if I'm the Eagles, um, and completion percentage, you're right. I mean, if you dump the football off, you know, maybe it goes up a couple points. Is the play as effective as Jalen Hurts running ball? Nick Sirianni talked about this. He used the phrase, sometimes you don't know what you have until you have it. So, in other words, if he dumps it off to the back and, he, and the back gets seven yards, Jalen might have got 15, 20 running it. It's a bigger play with him running the football. But maybe his completion percentage goes down a tick. Uh, because, So, to me, with Jalen Hurts, and I always use the term unique. He's a very unique player. And I want to take advantage of what he does well and the unique aspects of his game. The, the, the best comparison is Lamar. Um, not Nothing's a great comparison, but because of his dual threat ability, um, I want to see explosive plays. I want to see game-changing plays. I don't really care if he dumps the football off. I don't really care what his completion percentage is. If he can go win me games with these explosive plays, which the Eagles tell you, Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, the two the two statistics that stand up are turnovers and explosive plays. That's it. If you win those two battles, you're going to win 90% of the time. Not about completion percentage. Not about dumping the football. He can... He can he can he can throw for seventy percent completion percentage tomorrow, if you make things simple for him. You'll be a worse football team by taking away his big playability. Um, so, you know, if people are caught up in stats, yeah, they should be looking at the right stats. What are the explosive plays? Is he taking care of the football? If he creates explosive plays while taking care of the football. Eagles are going to win a lot of games, a lot of games. And you guys heard it here first. If the Eagles continue to create explosive plays for the guys around them, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, if those guys can do their part uh, with Jalen Hurts at the helm, hey, listen, more explosive plays means more wins. Controlling, c- controlling the turnover ratio, winning the turnover battle, means being in control of the game and winning more winning more games. So you guys heard it here first. Make sure you guys continue to subscribe to the content. You know, we appreciate all the love and support at Birds365 and Jacob Sports. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys turn on the, the notification bell as well. It allows you guys to know exactly whenever we go live, whenever we drop content, whenever there's a post, whenever Jacob Sports makes a move, you'll know exactly whenever it happens with that notification bell on. So make sure you guys stay engaged in the content and also be on the lookout Come September 11th, when the season starts, the best post-game show in football, the Jacob Sports post-game show with uh, Mike Missinelli, Seth Joyner, Derek Gunn, and the lovely Devin Caney. Make sure you guys stay locked in on Jacob Sports. More to come. You guys were locked in on Burge 365. He's John McMullen. I'm Tone the II. I want to do my best. Jody Mac impression. We'll see you guys in 2-2. Two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.